It is Thursday. Not only is it Thursday, it is Halloween Thursday. And from all of us at the Locked On Podcast Network, could not be more thankful for our fantastic listening audience. Uh, as the network grows, the individual shows grow, we're, we're not foolish. We understand that uh, none of this means a hill of beans without all you backing us. Uh, with that, we're going to bring you Crossover Thursday. I am Jeff Lloyd, host of Locked On Browns, going to sit down with Amp Wig, host of Locked On Jaguars. Um, you know, busy time um, right now, obviously, this week for everybody. Uh, but he wanted to do it. I certainly wanted to do it. So we'll both get you your, your full slate of shows for the week. First things first, my friend, it is Thanksgiving week uh, down in Florida. Um, how's everything going? How's everybody holding up? Uh, everybody's holding up, you know, uh, wondering what's going to happen with uh, this virus again, man. You know, people are wondering if they're going to be open, you know, and, 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 and you know, Folks are really wondering about that, but they ain't worried too much about the football team because it's pretty much in stone, man. They're going to probably finish uh, with one win and uh, go into the draft looking at a guy probably from uh, Ohio, a guy up in Columbus. They're looking at Mr. Fields right now. But outside of that, you're right. It's a day for everybody to be thankful, and I'm glad to be thankful with you and, and here with you in the audience. Yeah, uh, there's just no doubt about it. And, you know, this week – um, you know, as much as, you know, it, it hurts the circumstances that we're all in right now. Um, look, if there was ever a time for a little reflection yeah. and realize the importance of things, look, uh, you know, worry about your inner circle right now. And yeah, there's a bunch of people you're not going to be able to see. Um, but, you know, with patience, with time, you know, soon enough, we can get back right. to better times. We're going to talk Jaguars in the first segment. We'll talk some Browns in the second segment. Third segment, we'll kick around, you know, some thoughts here just about the game in general. Uh, obviously, you know, with the record and the current losing streak, um, and with today's startling announcement, and I'll be honest with you, buddy, I didn't know Mike Lennon was still with the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> I knew he, I knew he had kind of been there. Um, but I mean, if there was ever a time to maybe monitor and get a look at a couple of young quarterbacks, this is certainly the time. Cause you know, like you said, when you're looking maybe for the main guy, maybe you're looking for who can stick around to be number two. Um, but Mike Lennon. Your Jacksonville Jaguars starting quarterback Sunday? Wow. Stunner. Stunner. He's been here. There were a couple of days when he was – a couple of weeks he was on the, he was on the uh, practice squad. And uh, they went with uh, Luton, uh, the, the young quarterback, Jake Luton, when uh, Gardner Minshew went down with a thumb injury. And uh, the kid played well early. He looked like a rookie last week, though, against Pittsburgh. And a lot of people will look bad against Pittsburgh this year. They do some funky stuff with their safeties and they're confusing people pre-snap. And uh, but he looked so bad that they decided that they were going to bench him now. Folks down here thought they were going to go back with Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew says he's healthy, according to sources, that he's ready to go. They didn't go back to him though. And I guess they they may be still angry at him because he never told him he was hurt. He was injured for three or four weeks and wasn't throwing the ball well, but he never told anybody. So maybe they don't feel the trust there and they decided they're just gonna go with uh Mike Glennon, but it's a head scratcher. It really is, Jeff. Nobody is, is is really but typical with the Jaguars, we're wondering what the hell is going on. We never know. We never know. Um, and my first thing is and look, you know, Miles Garrett isn't playing this week. Um, but when I think of Mike Glennon, I think of a fantastic statue at the quarterback position. And the Browns defensive line last week against Carson Wentz, who's a younger statue version. 
they've wreaked all sorts of havoc. I mean, Olivier Vernon is your reigning AFC Defensive Player of the Week with three sacks. Adrian Claiborne. And I was actually joking the last couple of days that these two guys maybe found the fountain of youth last Sunday right. uh, with, you know, four and a half sacks between them. Uh, but you go to, you know, Glennon here. I mean, I guess what you're saying is we've gone with so much youth. Maybe let's try something where we're going with a veteran. And, you know, even if I guess if it is Mike Glennon. But the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know, obviously you've gotten a really, really nice year at your undrafted rookie running back. But what about the rest of the offensive side of the ball? I mean, is there anything at least you can say? And trust me, we know what it's like to be in these times here uh, as far as Browns fans and covering the Cleveland Browns. Is there anything where at least you're saying, hey, look, at least we know we've got this guy. We do know we got that guy. Is there some things you know maybe that you have you know, put away in your pocket as this team hopefully looks to find its next, you know, long-term quarterback some side you know are there some things on the offensive side of the ball that you can point to and say hey this is good this is something we don't have to worry about well yeah you you mentioned james robinson and, and he has been a pleasure and uh it's hard for me to really every time i try to say who he reminds me of folks get on me because i'm always mention mentioning a legend but that's not really what i i try to do i just try to if you haven't seen him play I try to give a, a people an idea of what he is. He's just a, a kid that keeps his head down. He does everything well. He has wonderful vision. Uh, so that's that's number one, and you mentioned that. Number two is DJ Chark, the wide receiver, who was a Pro Bowl alternate yep. last year. Chark 6'4", 215. And quite frankly, he's played better with Jake Luton than he did with uh, Gardner Minshew. And, and for some reason, Minshew doesn't have a lot of velocity, so therefore everything with him is anticipatory and throwing the spots. And sometimes, you know, guys get knocked off their line. You know, that's what they do in the National Football League. And uh, Chark hasn't really had breakout games with Minshew. He broke out with, with Jake Luton because Luton throws the ball better down the field. Uh, so now what are we going to get with Mike Glennon? I have no clue. But DJ Chark coming into the season was considered the best player on their offense. James Robinson has sort of taken a little bit of that away. And then they have a couple of young pieces. Uh, Ke- Keelan Coles played very well. Uh, he's a, a, a fourth-year guy. Uh, out of you know, he, I think he was also undrafted. He was a fourth year guy, but he's played pretty well. Lavisca Chenault was playing well, a rookie out of Colorado State, but Lavisca got hurt, and uh, he's been out for a couple of weeks with a hamstring. So, offensively, that's pretty much what you have. They have nothing at the tight end position. They haven't had a tight end since they let Mercedes Lewis go. So, pretty much what you have is some some pretty good play calling and a mix of run pass with Jay Gruden. It was better early in the year, Jeff, when people didn't really know what to expect. They come out of the gate and they beat the Colts the first week. And then they they were 31-31 with a minute to go with the Titans in the second week. Once people started to really catch on to Jay Gruden and what he was doing with the personnel, that offense hasn't quite clicked the way it did those first two weeks. Well, let me ask you this one then. I mean, with such obviously a monumental decision coming up here with what looks to be a really, really great quarterback class, how safe is the staff? Um, or are we talking, we're, we're not going new in Jacksonville. We're going new, new in Jacksonville. That's what everybody believes. Uh, and I, in fact, I did a po- the podcast I did for yesterday. I even mentioned it on there that it wouldn't, in the past, it wouldn't totally shock me that they brought everyone back because they brought everyone back this year. When I say everyone, I mean the coach and the, the head coach and the GM. And people thought they should have been gone at least, this year not if not the year before that uh in 2018 but dave caldwell has been fired five or six times by me over five or six years and it actually led to us being pretty good friends 
because he says I always was trying to get rid of him. But the thing is, is they were slow to fire Gus Bradley. They were slow to pull the trigger on moving on from Blake Bortles. They've always been a day behind or a year behind what they should do. And Shaq Khan just seems like he's loyal to, to people. That being said, I would be absolutely, totally shocked if Doug Marone is back as head coach or and if Dave Caldwell is still the GM. I think they're going new-new for the first time in a long time. They're going to totally reboot it, use that uh, second overall pick, unless they go on a, a win streak or tear down the stretch. They can still lose a game and hold on to number two, but they can't lose two games and expect to hold on to number two if other teams don't also lose. So it has to be a quarterback. It has to be a franchise quarterback, and it's either going to be Field or Lawrence, wherever they end up. Yeah, and, you know, obviously, you know, and now you have Cincinnati kind of like lurking around the pile here, so to speak, because you have to think that, uh, you know, their perspective to possibly pull out another win this season is probably – you know, down, 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 way down for the Cincinnati Bengals after the tragic loss to Joe Burrow on Sunday. Uh, the defensive side of the ball, you know, I see Josh Allen's out. Um, you know, a, a couple of rookies, um, good old friend Joe Schobert, Miles <laughs> Jack. Are the guys just doing the best they can, but there's just not enough manpower down there? Is that kind of what the deal is? Yeah, and they're all young. I mean, they, it's ridiculous. The, at, at any moment, you could see four rookies in the secondary. It, it, it's crazy. They start two rookies on the interior of the defensive line, who actually one you probably know from Ohio State, Devon Hamilton. Of course, he's played he's actually played very well. He has. He's played really, really well. And a, a, another young man by the name of Doug Costin, who actually they're using him at the three technique, and he's an upgrade from a former first-round pick, Taven Bryan, who is in his fourth year, and they're probably not going to uh, give him a fifth-year option. But Taven Bryan's been terrible, and uh, he's never really uh, bloomed or blossomed and, and turned out to be – uh, what they wanted. Now they picked him and Lamar Jackson was on the board. Now that sounded real sexy until about three weeks ago when Lamar is now in this slump, but still, you know, the, the fact is, is Taven Bryant was another one of those, you know, eight draft picks they had in nine years that were top five, uh, top, top five picks or whatever that they're not going to get a second contract to, but the best player on the team to me this year, besides James Robinson has been miles Jack. Uh, they finally moved him to weak side linebacker and they could afford to do that because they got your guy, Joe Schobert, who has not been a fan favorite favorite here in Jacksonville for some reason. I've been watching. Yeah. They've been wearing him out, man. They call him Sherbert and all of this. And they say he's always chasing people. So miles Jack has been great. Joe Schobert hasn't been as advertised. Josh Allen, before he got hurt, wasn't playing very well because he's missing probably Calais Campbell and Yannick and Gakwe to take some of the heat off of him. So in their first round pick, the second first round pick, Kayla Von Chason is the lowest graded guy. And I don't always talk about PFF, you know, in terms of me evaluating players, but he's been terrible. He only had 18 snaps in one game. He's just been bad. He hasn't been good. CJ Henderson's out. Uh, he's on IR. He's the first first round pick that they had this year. He was playing well. He's played up and down. He's been okay in some games and then other games he hasn't play well at all so with him it's just about getting his focus and concentration but defensively they're they're very very young they play spirited they hit and they and they and they attack and fly to the ball like young guys do but in typical fashion if the offense doesn't get any production they start to wear down and when they start to wear down that's when teams can put it on them in the second half 
And that's, you know, and, and for me, and I don't want to give anything away before, you know, we get to our final segment where we start talking about this stuff. Um, but this Browns offense right now, they play a disciplined running game. And it's obviously been the advantage for them the last two weeks in their wins over the Houston Texans and last week over the Philadelphia Eagles. And even when it's not always working, they stick with it. And eventually they find a way for essentially, you know, the wall to crack and for them to open it up. Um, we got to talk to you a little bit about the Jaguars. We're going to flip it up here. Uh, we're going to take over. We're going to talk a little Browns here as we continue to roll on through what will be normally, I would say, your Thursday edition of either Lockdown Browns or Lockdown Jaguars, but your Thanksgiving edition of Lockdown Browns and Lockdown Jaguars. All right, man. Just like we always promise, I told you guys I may not be able to do a crossover this week, but guess what? Surprise, my man Jeff Lloyd. Uh, with locked on Browns. I don't take days off. I, don't I know you don't, off. Jack. I know it wasn't you. It was me, man. We were going back and forth on emails, and I was trying to figure out if I could shake loose from my responsibilities and get it done. But guess what? We got it done. You know, Thanksgiving Eve, by the way, Jeff, is my favorite night of the year. I told the story because uh, my grandmother, I lost her this year, but she used to always let me stay up with her while she baked pies all night long. I got this huge family. She, she would like bake 40 pies or whatever. And I would get to I would get to stay up, and when I got of age a little bit, I get to taste the wine a little bit, you know, and listen to. Go. So so the night before Thanksgiving, I never would go to sleep. I would be up all night long. So it's always been my my time of reflection. But I'm spending it with you right now, man, and that's cool. You know what I'm saying? I get that's to cool. do a little crossover with the Browns and the Jack. I want to get into this. I want to ask you straight up and be direct. What is Baker? I mean, you you guys have had a nice sample size right now. And, and and what is it? Speaking of Baker, what is Baker Mayfield? Is he is he just this Cleveland tough guy that they're gonna you know he's tough in the media and he and he's adopted the personality of the team and is, is that enough or are the Browns kind of side eye the fans kind of side eye looking what's down the line in terms of a future quarterback? It, it it's 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 the craziest thing because even here with you know the Browns being seven and three. Um, seven wins before Thanksgiving, which is just astronomical for this franchise to have this type of success. Everybody wants to talk about this. And, you know, nobody's going to know anything till obviously a couple of days after the draft ends and we start talking about fifth-year options being picked up. Um, and it, it's been tough because, you know, we saw, you know, when he went, uh, when Odell Beckham Jr. went down against the Bengals, Baker Mayfield played sensational for the next three quarters, led that team to victory. Now, for the last three weeks versus the Raiders, versus the Texans, you were playing in terrible weather, and then you add in 45 to 55-mile-an-hour winds, which any NFL player will tell you, give me any condition. I don't care if it's a blizzard. As long as it's not wind, you can't deal with wind. Then you get get, get to last week, driving rain. But the the game improved as far as what you saw from him. Hit a couple of big balls. And the weirdest thing, and this is kind of what goes back to his 2018 success, is his top two receivers in terms of snaps and production last week were not named Jarvis Landry, and they were not named Odell Beckham Jr. What got Baker off and running in this league was having competent talent around him, not elite talent, and it's not any disrespect to either Beckham or Landry. I think it's more about how defenses – are facing Baker when he does have these big brand names around him. They try to take him away. And as a quarterback, look, I mean, if you have Odell Beckham Jr. To, at your disposal, you're going to try to get him the ball 10 to 15 times. It's just 
you're going to take those opportunities, but it does take your focus away from what is actually your job. I am supposed to hit my plant foot. I'm supposed to step up within the pocket. And guess what? It doesn't matter if you are a top five wide receiver in this league, one of the best tight ends. It matters who is open on that play. Right. If it's the running back, if it's the tight end, even if it's the third or fourth tight end or the third or fourth wide receiver. As a quarterback, you were supposed to diagnose, read, find the open man. If they drop it, that ain't on you. And I think you're starting to see more of Baker getting into this rhythm. Um, yes, everybody wants to talk about the Raiders game and, oh, well, Baker, da 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 Baker had Jarvis Landry twice in the end zone. Jarvis Landry didn't make either catch. David Njoku dropped a crucial, crucial drag pattern. So, look, Baker, I think Baker is going to be the guy here for an extended period. The Browns may get a break because he's not going to command one of these ridiculous quarterback deals that a Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott's eventually going to get. They're going to get a financial break on Baker Mayfield. And part of it is because, hey, you could be the quarterback of this team. We could be successful. But also part of it is, is because we got a running game and an offensive line right now that is off the charts, which is just making your job easier. Um, I don't care how this team hopefully gets to becoming successful. I don't care about whose stats or what. I want January football, bro. I want to talk yeah. playoff games. It doesn't matter if it's a top five quarterback in the league or a top 15 or a guy who's doing just enough to keep his job. And I'd say Baker's doing certainly doing just enough to keep his job. And he's capable of more when you need it. And if you have to count on him, you want to see it. But the key to this offense right now is this offensive line and these running backs. And we get into these games in the fourth quarter. They're not running the ball to you know, make the game you know shorter time-wise. They're running the ball because it's the best stinking option they got right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're talking about Kareem Hunt, and then you're talking about getting Nick Chubb back. And people around here are very familiar with Nick Chubb because they saw him every year while he was at Georgia when Georgia came to Jacksonville to play the University of Florida. He, he is a, and he's a Florida kid. So he, he's a remarkable guy with a remarkable story. He's kind of changed his body a lot since he's been in Cleveland. How uh, has him coming back? How's that really, really, I think you just gave us a hint, but I'll just go ahead and let you ask. How is he giving that team a boost? Probably not only physically on the field, but mentally it seems like he came back and jumped right in where he left off. Well, the thing with Nick Chubb is, and you're never going to get more than about three words out of the guy. He right, just, right. He just doesn't talk. And you want to know what? That's okay, because um, the Browns are certainly not lacking for guys who will say, hey, I'll take the mic if you need me to. Um, and, you know, you use, and it's such, such like old school to it as far as, you know, you lead by example. But you go to that Texans game, and here he is, you know, had missed, you know, the time that he had missed. Um, you know, stats are going to be down for him this year. And boom, you know, you around the corner, could be a 60-yard touchdown. You step out. You give the team the opportunity to kneel the ball, win the game. You don't even let Deshaun Watson back on the field. And what we had said at the time is, you know, it, it's, it, it's showing the most amazing amount of leadership without saying a word. And this is when the Browns' COVID cases started to pick up a little bit after, you know, after the Texans game. Um, you know, and, you know, uh, you know uh, injuries, you know, which in the Browns are in 
they're not in bad shape injury wise compared to a lot of franchises this season. Um, they've really only lost one player for the season to this point, but that speaks volumes. And that says, Hey, you know, and everybody, you know, it's, Hey, all I want to do is win. All I want to do is win. Well, that's great. And a lot of people say it, but where do your actions lie within those words? Nick Chubb, you know, he was, there was no one within 35 yards of him. Nobody would have cared. It would have been, it would have been a 17-7 game had he scored. Nobody would have cared if he scored the touchdown. But that was what you were supposed to do. That is the correct play. And that tells everybody else, hey, take it up a notch. Because when your star players are doing, you know, everything that's asked of them and then a little bit more, that's what's expected of you. And that's how you get into a game last week where you don't have Miles Garrett on defense. And guess what? Everybody else says, look, I, I, I believe, I, I truly believe that maybe this team is a team that's going to be playing past January 3rd this season. And you get an effort from these guys like you did last week on the defensive side of the ball. And in the last two weeks, they've uh, given up 12, you know, average giving up only 12 points per week. And this is a defense that got beat around the yard for a long time. And look, yes, some of it is the competition they're playing. Some of it is the weather benefited them, but it gives you confidence that, you know what, maybe it's growing. Maybe we're getting better, even though we probably need two or more three, two to three more pieces on the defensive side of the ball. You see the belief within the system. You see the belief in the fact that everybody's got each other's back. And that comes from a guy like Nick Chubb. And what really was the biggest and most difficult part of him not being around is you wanted to run the game, run the ball 30 plus times a game. And with Kareem, ideally, yes, Nick's going to get more carries. But with Kareem, it gives you so much more as far as you know, screen game to Kareem Hunt. Just natural, you know, running wide receiver routes that Kareem Hunt can do that that Nick Chubb can't. It doesn't matter that when Nick Chubb's in the game, most people, you know, most defenses say, "All right, well, most likely it's going to be you know, they're going to run the, sh- the the wide zone to the left or the right." Don't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's how well it's working right now. But then you get to bring in Kareem, where these guys are a little beat up, a little bit tired, and now it's well, they could throw it to him. They could throw it to anybody else on this field. They could just run wide zone again, and we've been getting killed with this all day. And it's it's just fun to see, and it's a simpler part of football where you can just feature two running backs. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right, right. Switch over to defense. Miles Garrett, of course, uh, probably defensive end one in the National Football League right now, and I don't think you get much argument from anybody. Obviously, he's not going to play. Who are some of the other people? Uh, besides the two guys that stepped up last week, who are some of the other people on that defense that has allowed them to get off to the seven and three start? Well, um, and I remember speaking to you, reaching out through messages uh, yep. late August. Yep. Hey, tell me all about Mr. Ronnie Harrison. And Ronnie Harrison, and look, every NFL team, these are the trades you love. You know, you find some way to find a team that just says, hey, we just don't want this guy or we're moving on from this guy. And all of a sudden you got yourself, you know, uh, you know, you got yourself a killer Michael Jackson CD at the discount rack. Um, It's taken Ronnie Harrison. It took him a little time to get acclimated with the system. Um, And Joe Woods asks a lot of his defensive backs because he wants to play nickel dime a ton. So if he's going to do that, that means, Hey, Everybody's going to have to flow to the right if there's, you know, trips to the right. Or we're going to have to flow all you defensive backs to the left. And you, you've got to know what you're doing. But once he got acclimated within the system and got some confidence, started playing really well. Then a concussion, missed a little time. Uh, 
did practice today on a limited basis um, with a knee bruise that he sustained early in the game Sunday against Philadelphia. He tried to come back. First thing Philadelphia did was eyed him up and said, all right, we'll cover this guy deep. And Ronnie struggled and he couldn't get to him because he could see the knee was bothering him. But he was able to practice today. Um, If Ronnie Harrison is able to go and start on Sunday with Denzel Ward out and with Miles Garrett out, Sione Takitaki is now the latest um, to be put onto the COVID list. Ronnie Harrison, um, besides Olivier Vernon, who's had, you know, five sacks or so in the last couple of weeks, which is, you know, him just maybe hopefully finding a little bit of what he used to be. Ronnie Harrison is either the first or second best defensive player that is going to line up for the Browns on Sunday. And for any game that he's gotten regular playing time, he's either been the second or third best defensive player on this team. Um, His length is difficult, as you know. Um, But I think the thing with Ronnie Harrison, even though the athleticism in there isn't there, and this goes back to the Nick Saban days, Ronnie Harrison is a really smart, an intelligent football player. Yeah, he is. And those guys, it doesn't matter. That stuff translates. It doesn't matter about combine and testing numbers. Uh, if you showed to play well enough in the SEC, you don't have to be an elite athlete as long as you were a smart enough football player for that to translate at the NFL. And that's what we've seen so far. And normally the Browns don't get these type of you know returns on any investment, mm-hmm. um, but they certainly did. You know, Ronnie Harrison, it, it's really turned out to be you know, a really, really, really great trade for them. And the defensive line, when they've been healthy, has also been the calling card for this team the entire season. Yeah, man, Jaguar fans really hate knowing that they let a guy go. And uh, But this it's typical. It's typical the way it is that, you know, they, they let guys go and those guys go uh, somewhere else and they play well. And, you, you know, for a team to be one and nine, I don't think you have the luxury of letting go good football players. I think what they've done here that has been bad is they haven't really Player development and 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 understanding uh, how to use their players has not really been their strong suit. All right, so what we're going to do is uh, we don't take breaks, but we will pause for the cause. We get back. Jeff Lloyd and I will uh, take some time to talk about the possibilities of what might happen in this game uh, come this Sunday between the Cleveland Browns and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we'll do that in just a second here on a crossover edition, a Thanksgiving edition with Browns and Jags. Uh, as we continue to talk through this, and this is where I'm going to be honest with you, um, with Tennessee looming next week and the Browns hoping Miles Garrett and a couple of the uh, COVID guys can return from that fullback, Andy Janovich, uh, with Sione Takitaki being diagnosed today, it's going to be a bit. Denzel Ward is obviously going to be out for a bit with his calf strain. Miles can, you know, basically, you know, hopefully fix some of those woes. It won't be part of it this week. Um, but, you know, you want to talk about a game where you're nervous because look, Jacksonville, they have, they know where they're at. So if they come out and they win, it's a great feeling for them. The Browns, they can't pull this game out. It's an absolute gut punch. You still have Pittsburgh. You still have Baltimore. You still have Tennessee on the schedule. So I hate the term trap game because every game in the NFL is a trap game because every team is capable of winning, you know, one mistake, two mistakes, all of a sudden it changes the flow of any game. Um, I think the Browns really, really would like to play a game with a temperature north of 55 degrees um, without 50-mile-an-hour winds. I don't care. if it Honestly, if it rains on Sunday, the Browns will be okay with that, as long as it's not windy and it is somewhat warm after what they've been through the last three weeks. 
But the thing, and I do have my concerns because look, I mean, with this new regime and the being seven and three and where they are at, you know, now, I, I I have my concerns because still, after all these years of covering this team, you know, they're always able to just basically all of a sudden the tire fell off the rim, and the next thing you know, you know, <laughs> you, know you, you know, causing sparks going down the highway. But I'm also really starting to believe in the fact that Coach Stefanski really has with Andrew Berry everyone within this building working as one and you know to know miles garrett wasn't going to play last week and you know and to say you know when we did our pregame show and i don't care that miles isn't playing this is a game on paper you still should win right and they're able to do that and it happened the week before with the texans look the browns should win this game you think this i think this but you got to start, you know, like, you know, guys give the gimmies, you know, oh, you know, you'll make that putt. No, 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 no. You still got to make that two foot putt if I'm going to give it to you. Um, and that's the way it works in the NFL. You got to make it. Um, I think every they have a boatload of advantages in this game. But there's still, you know, a little bit of the cynic in me that says, you know, from years past that, you know, maybe, you know, something wrong or. Just, you know, like almost like the Browns fans don't deserve this. Like they deserve to have, you know, like Lucy take the football away with Charlie Brown's coming to kick it right. because it's happened so many times. But, you know, I, I think this is, I mean, we're talking, I mean, I, I think this has all the makings of a Browns 24 to 10 type of win. Yeah. And, and I do too. I, I just will tell you this, it's not going to be windy here this weekend. If, even if it rains, it's going to be humid. So you'll probably get 55, 60 degrees. It was like 70 degrees today. So it's crazy around here. But um, what what I think is you guys will probably be shocked at how fast and how eager the defense plays early. I mean, you, they're, they're young guys. It's, all, it's like taking – if I was up in Ohio and I took a – an eight-year-old at Cedar Point, and he wants to get on all the scary roller coasters. Well, you know what? He'll get on all the scary roller coasters, and I won't because I'm so old. I'm smart enough and old enough to know it's dangerous. So these guys are playing like <laughs> these guys are playing like eight years old, eight-year-olds at Cedar Point. They're playing like kids that they don't know how dangerous those roller coasters are. And so, in terms of their enthusiasm, and in terms of them on special teams running and gunning, they're going to do that. So. You know, Green Bay's coach said it, LaFleur. He said they played hard. That was one of the hardest games we – and coming into the season, I didn't think they'd win a lot, but I thought because they were so young, they started out the year with 13 active rookies on the roster, that those guys – young guys do what young guys do. They run and they hit, right? But then after a while, you can trick them with some misdirection. You can give them a look they haven't seen. So that's what I expect to happen. I expect the game to be contested early. And and eventually the Jags will will wear down like they always do. And Stefanski and those guys will make adjustments and the rookies won't be able to keep up. I mean, it's understandable. And, you know, for us Browns fans, this is what we've been dealing with for a long time. I mean, because but the problem is, is once you start to hit on some of this youth and you get to and this has probably been part of the problem, you know, for you guys is, you know, you move on from a Jalen Ramsey, a Leonard Fournette. They don't keep anybody, right? They don't keep anybody. These are the guys that are supposed to be carrying you through these tough times right now. Uh, The Browns, it's that one draft class of Mayfield, Nick Chubb, and obviously, you know, uh, Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett the year before it. It's like, look, the investment was put on you. You guys aren't like the, you know, the new hot, you know, the new hot girl in town. You guys are the ones to make sure that, you know, you're the example and everybody else is following you as far as about how this is going to get done. 
Um, it's 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 been fun, and it, it you know there's these nail biting games. Yeah, it, it certainly you know almost got me ripping my hair out what I got left of it mm-hmm. at this point. Um, but to see it and, and to see the growth and just to see you know where, what the potential really is, and we've been teased with it a couple of times. Obviously, 2018, but where it is now, you know, seven and three, you know, with one and nine Jacksonville on the schedule, still with two trips to play the Jets and the Giants which look really, really favorable options. Um, you know, it, it, we feel it's time. And even with the extra playoff, uh, you know, uh, advantage here with seven in each conference here, um, it's almost to the point now where, you know, if they win this on Sunday, look, you better be playing after January 3rd. Um, and it sets so much into place for the future. Look, you can start talking to free agents now and saying, no, 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 we played in the playoffs. Um, this isn't talk while we were close or any mm-hmm. of this stuff. I mean, and that's where it's, it's huge for this team and the development of the entire roster just to continue going forward. Um, you know, we're not doing the rebuild thing this year. We're not doing that this offseason. We're not right. looking for GMs, coaches, 150 players. Yeah, I know it's a 53-man roster, but that's how bad it was. <laughs> this is not what you're looking for. You're just looking to – Basically, you know, accentuate the positives, eliminate the negatives, a couple of players on defense. What do you need on offense? It's been a really fun product to watch the development this year, especially with the amount of restrictions and how late to the game the NFL got started this year. It's been really, really fun watching this product. I bet it is, man. And uh, Jaguar fans can only hope, Jeff, that at one point they'll they'll be able to get over – this decade long. I'll tell you right now, if if Justin Fields ends up in Jacksonville and look, I love Trevor Lawrence. I think he's fantastic. And I'm not saying like neither one of them are the sweetest, most fantastic sports cars that ever existed. They might be neck and neck, but something about Justin Fields, I I just, it gets me going. I think Trevor Lawrence gives you more like that, maybe Peyton Manning type of thing. And I'm not trying to make that sound like it's any sort of disrespect, Right. but Fields with those legs, and these 22 of 25 performances. And, yeah, uh, and, you know, one bad game last Saturday, whatever, and Indiana's kind of like a plucky opponent. Justin Fields, I, I don't think the gap between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields is nearly as big as some folks want to make it. I don't think so either. I've said he's Dak Prescott with a strong arm. And, uh, you know, comps are And maybe a all- true better runner. Right. Comps aren't always, you know, perfect, but – um, hopefully the I've, heard six foot, I've heard six foot three Russell Wilson, which I mean, who uh, wouldn't I, sign I, up for that? Yeah, I would. I'd do it in a heartbeat. You know, Jaguar fans do want to get over this decade long hangover. And you guys are a perfect example because, you know, for a long time, the butt of the jokes, you know, the punchline was Cleveland. And now I look at you seven and three and probably favorite to win at least four of your games down the stretch. So Jeff has been fun, man. Hopefully our fans can watch your organization and say, well, if they did it, we can do it too. No, and all you want is for improvement. And going through these seasons, and I'll be honest, you're one in nine year right now. It's no worse than the six and ten we went through last year with the Browns, because it never, even any win, it, it felt like you know the other team didn't play well enough. Um, when you know when it's real, and you know when it's not real, and you know it just sucks for where Jacksonville was a few years ago with a whole bunch of promising young players, and you know. At choosing, I guess, Blake Bortles for another season and then just eliminating some really, really special talent in this NFL. It's just, it's tough. It's tough. Yep, but it is. we're going to quote, we're going to start to close this out. Uh, you know, uh, for Ant myself, 
Um, again, everybody, you know, from all of us here at the Lockdown Podcast Network, this year more than ever, you know, enjoy this holiday. Enjoy your family. Look, if it's limited, it's limited. And guess what? If it is limited, that just means you're around people who are probably the closest to you within your circle. So enjoy it. Like I, I got a 14-year-old and a 13-year-old daughter. I shouldn't be seeing them as much as I do. They should be out living their lives. But you know what? I kind of get to enjoy it because, you know, they're around on Friday nights and Saturday nights. They wouldn't normally be here. As terrible as the situation is right now, try to find, you know, the, uh, you know, the sunshine in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as, you know, uh, you know, for Locked On Jaguars, for Locked On Browns, um, and we get these emails weekly from the network and they just continue to, you know, praise us for all the work we've done during this pandemic. That's great. We've always been here working. The reason we're getting these emails is for every one of you people who are along for the ride with us. And we all couldn't be thankful enough for you guys. So whether it's Spotify, whether it's iTunes, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Jaguars. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Browns. Ratings, uh, written reviews, appreciate it a ton here. Um, Crossover episodes. And I wasn't always the biggest fan of the crossover episodes, uh, you know, back in the day. But I'm starting to, you know, now we get to talk to these guys maybe once, twice a year. There's some guys you start to realize that we're all fighting for the same cause here at Locked On, just watching this opportunity for us to grow, the network to grow. Um, and all of us, obviously, you know, there's a financial aspect to it where and we're certainly thankful for that. Yes, sir. Um, yes we are. <laughs> again, yes, we are. But again, it all comes from everything. And you guys being here every day with us, we couldn't, again, be more thankful. Everybody, enjoy your holiday with your family. Uh, hopefully with a limited amount of friends, only two games tomorrow. So I don't know what we're all going to do tomorrow night when we're full and got a little buzz going, but I guess we'll figure it out. I'm sure we'll all go to social media and get aggravated about something. But with that, this has been your crossover edition, week 12 style Jaguars Browns coming down to the sunshine state. We'll see it all unfold on Sunday. Everybody enjoy your holiday.